Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You know, pre-snap, I didn't feel good about it, but um, there's always a post-snap read and post-snap, you know, quarter squat, corner squat a little bit on the uh, curl route by uh, by JJ. And um, I just felt like I put it over his head, you know, and let KJ go get it. What I loved was KJ's ability to go get it and then his ability to finish, you know, and, and not let it be down to one, but to actually say, you know, he's in. I think that's, uh, you know, a great, great example of Cage's ability. Kirk Cousins leads us off on the Monday edition of Comments from YouTube. It's Zolgad, it's Declan Goff, of course. All of our Purple Daily franchises, and they are many, are sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing Company. We appreciate them, Surly Furious in particular. Mm-hmm. And also... Big shout out to the folks at TCL TV. If if you are watching us right now on a TCL, we appreciate that as well. And if you're not watching football on the weekends on TCL, you're doing something wrong because TCL is the TV experience that you need mm-hmm. for maximum sports um, a fulfillment, shall we say. And Declan Goff, you have mined the comments for one week. I have. For the last week, you've been going through them and finding um, what our, our listeners in some cases, our viewers have to say, so I'm going to hand the baton off to you. Comments from YouTube. Here we go. Yeah, like we have a lot of comments on Kirk, some comments on Kirk Cousins, uh, excuse me, on KJ Osborne, I should say, mm-hmm. and then also some uh, just overarching questions going into the bye week and where this team is heading. But let, let's start with this one from Tyler. We are unleashing Kirk, says Tyler. He's finally at his best, running and gunning to his three all-pro receivers. Some high praise from Tyler there. Uh, let him go bonkers, fast-paced, with hanging it off to Cook to mix it in so we score, and Kirk looks comfy. Uh, Judd, <laughs> comfy. Uh, and and that, that's his own word, yeah. No, I like it. But uh, are, we, is, are the Vikings finally unleashing Kirk Cousins? Because even there, there's a lot of even sure. other ones here saying, too, Kirk is putting the team on his shoulders from Rebel Viking and carrying us. Give the man some credit, so... Are the Vikings finally unleashing Kirk Cousins? You know, I feel like Kirk Cousins is, especially when the pressure's on, because he's put up really good statistics before. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, man, he is finally putting up stats. He's done that. But, Dex, I feel like when the pressure's on, Kirk Cousins unleashing himself. Like, I think that this is a switch that Kirk, and, it, you know, it's 10 years in. He's, what, 33? Because he's not, you know, a hey, young man. quarterback. No. But he has flipped a switch and is unleashing his ability the last two weeks especially. But, you know, you go back to week two against the Cardinals, right? You go back to week one, OT, against the Bengals on the road. Kirk Cousins is unleashing himself. 
and I believe it was you who brought this up on Mackie and Judd weekend statements, and I agree completely. Now it's up to the coaching staff to completely lean in to the Cousins experience and the offense too. So I would say that post-bye week, there's more unleashing of Kirk to do. But I think the most important step was Kirk Cousins taking control, especially when the pressure is immense, and saying, I'm your guy. I can do the job. He's showing that, which should only build confidence from the coaching staff in what Kirk and the offense are capable of doing. I think Kirk has evolved. I really have. And yes, we've seen stretches of six games like this from him before. But I will say, number one, we we haven't seen this start to his to a season in his Vikings tenure like this. No. Each each of the three years no. they've been one and two, one and three. Also, he has shipwrecked games. Yeah. In those early times. And then Kirk Tober comes. Kirk has not right. shipwrecked a game yet. He didn't play well against the Browns, but you know what? Browns have a good defense. And and the Browns gave them opportunities to win that game. That that maybe that maybe that's the only game I can really look at and say, yeah, Kirk maybe could have stepped up and saved the game. But in general, I don't look at that Browns loss and, and, and think that all oh, it's all because of Kirk there. That's why you lost. I think this is a new level of Kirk, and I do think this team has to lean into it. If they're going to do anything, it's leaning into this offense, Judd, and then leaning Agreed. into this new level of Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. Uh, Samaritan Elad says, do you find it odd that Kirk went out of his way to praise Clint Kubiak in uh, his post-game interview? I'm not, I didn't see the exact comment I did. That, he, that he said about Clint Kubiak. Did, yeah. what, what did he say about Clint Kubiak? He gave him credit, I think, twice, and just said when asked about um, specific play calls and specific plays, that I th- and I think it was especially when it came down to, to the, the two key late drives, the one that mm-hmm. obviously at the end of the fourth quarter – uh, it ended with a Greg Joseph missed field goal and then the overtime drive. He gave him credit. No, I don't think it's odd. I think he likes Clint, and I think he is, as much as Kirk uh, attempts to at times, I think, bury his head in the sand, Yeah, he's acutely aware of what's being said and written. And so, no, I think that he is trying to say, back off my guy Clint. And also, you know, if we call a spade a spade here, Dex, uh, I think that... Thielen, Jefferson, Osborne, and Kirk would all say, that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Like the Detroit game was, the, the affront of the Detroit game uh, was the fact that it was so poorly called. And it's like, what are you even doing here? I agree. So, um, no, I, I think that they all, I think the self-scout that they talked about last week was a come-to-Jesus sit-down, right? Um, I told you this on, on Ventline, I'll say it again. I find it very interesting that your two top receivers missed practiced on, on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we're fine. And if Adam Thielen was hurt, I am Tom Brady. So I think that the, I think what this was, was everybody offensively got back on the same page and saying kumbaya and Kirk to his credit said, well, Hey, let's give Clint some credit too." Absolutely. Uh, another one on KJ Osborne here, who I, who did have just another phenomenal game and has emerged not just as a third wide receiver, but as a very good wide receiver. Uh, Bert says, can we give KJ Osborne some love turning into a very nice receiver? And also El Juve saying KJ is the real deal. He has not let us down since week one. Judd, I, and you saw this, I think in training, you I did, forecasted this. We in all talked camp. about him. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no more love here mm-hmm. because the love has run out. Uh, KJ Osborne in training camp made and it was one play and he had a really good camp but there was there was a play that was on the near field the TCO decks where and I came back and talked about it the next day 
KJ Osborne, it was, I think it was a two minute drill, and Kirk threw him a ball and he toe tapped, toe drag swag. And I came back I and that. said, Whoa, this is the this is a different player. This is a you did you know? In fact, I, I had forgotten this, and I read it last night, I think, in Ben Gessling's story in the strip. Did you know KJ Osborne didn't play an offensive down last year? Yeah, actually, I was I was looking at Pro Football Reference this morning, wow. and I saw that stat. I saw that too because he's played like 120 some snaps in, on special teams and was was heavily involved. And he's in not special good teams. at returning. <laughs> that's no. the funny thing. He was he was drafted to return, and he's not good at it. Yeah, I know. I, I that's mind blowing to me. Zero snaps offensively last year. Yeah. Um, I think this entire show has been on on the KJ Osborne. Band wagon since training camp. So, so like, don't look at us for for more love because we pretty much immediately identified it and said, this guy is going to be good. What you have to do is give him the chances, and they're doing it. And they now go Declan Goff. They now go three deep. Three deep. I know so it now is, they go three deep. It is three deep. I, I believe I looked it up. KJ's on pace for you know, like 750 or 800 receiving yards, so he's not on pace for yeah, 1,000 at the same time. I I just really think they have lacked this guy no, since, Chad uh, yeah. since he's not Chad Beebe, and then this solidified like Chad Beebe. You didn't need Chad Beebe because KJ Osborne's the real damn deal, and he's reliable on third downs. Um, this is not just a cute little wide receiver. This is a guy who's really clutch and has helped taking this offense to the next level. Yeah, when 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 Thielen and Jefferson, who sometimes are going to be doubled or even if one of them's out, yes, you now you now feel safety behind those two because you have KJ behind them. You're right, and it's so important because of one thing. The loss, and I can't tell you how crucial this was to the plan offensively, the loss of Irv Smith was enormous. Yeah. And if KJ doesn't develop, they're in trouble. They would have been, because Irv Smith cannot be replaced by a tight end on this team. I know Chris Herndon finally caught a pass, and it, it was a touchdown, and we can all be glad about that. But this team had massive plans, in my opinion, to have Irv Smith essentially be a hybrid tight end wide receiver three. And when he went out, if you didn't have K.J. Osborne to plug in here, Dex, it's a huge problem. It is. So, yeah. They, I'd love for him. They, they, he, he deserves hell of praise. He's turned himself to a, a damn nice player. Uh Everlasting Life says on our YouTube comments edition, keep the offense playing like this and tighten up the defense and the, the division, the NFC North, can be ours. Judd, do you feel like the Vikings can still win this NFC North division? How do you feel? I'm going to cop out and say this next four games. Yep. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you, you should have beat Detroit and the Panthers, both of them, um, by double digits, and you didn't. And yet you did win, and your quarterback played well at the end, which is great. Like Cousins, so in my opinion right now, Kirk Cousins is the cologne on a guy who hasn't showered in like three weeks. Jesus, okay, interesting. Because like a lot of this team smells. Like a lot of the Vikings, like they're blowing leaves. They're actively melting down, and the meltdown against Detroit, I I can't erase that from my mind. So like... Cousins is is a fun talking point, and certain players offensively, i.e. Uh, Osborne, has have played well, and that's awesome. But Dex, when you go back to back weeks and just completely implode, potentially, um, 
I will not tell you what I think until I see those next four games because I think that those are going to be the real season-defining games of who this team is because the act that the Vikings have pulled the past two weeks, you will not get away with, in my opinion, against what? It's going to go Dallas, the Chargers. Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore and the Packers. Yep. So four games are going to essentially tell us who this team is and what their true identity probably is. Yeah, if if Zimmer wants to say, "See, we told you so," it's it's them running the gauntlet in November. It's them it's them winning well, those four, that. and then they can. Yep, I agree. They can. And look, in December still tough. You still got to play the Packers, the Rams, um, in Soldier Field as well. You but still got to go to Chicago, or you could be dead. You could be dead. I still and I I still don't believe, and I know um, as it stands right now, if the playoffs started today, the Vikings would be a wild card team. They'd be the last one in due to their point differential and tiebreakers. Yep. But I don't foresee a wild card coming out of this division. I just, I, I, I don't. I think, I think the. I mean, it's not a lock, but I, I'd be pretty surprised if a wild card comes out of the NFC North. I think that your path to the postseason, um, if you're any team in the North, is straight up just winning the division. I don't think you're gonna be good enough to, um, to get in one of those wild card spots. A couple comments here from Mike Zimmer, or on Mike Zimmer, excuse me. I wish Mike Zimmer probably just watched the show, but, he, but he's, he's got a dummy in. account. Hey, uh, you guys his, suck. Yeah, with a glass of cab with him. Uh, Dave says, football is like a chess game, and Mike Zimmer is playing checkers. Send him out mm. to pasture back to his ranch. He's a legend in his own mind. Uh, Judd, do you think Zimmer is playing checkers when the football, the NFL is trending more towards a chess game? I feel like, uh, no, because I, I feel like that's, I know what Dave is saying, uh, but I think that's too big a put down. I think that what Mike is doing is Mike is playing checkers, or I'm, I'm sorry, he's playing chess, and chess is changing, and he's not changing with it. Mm. Uh, I also don't think, I think it's very difficult for him to embrace the moment and what his team is about when it doesn't revolve around defense. And look, the defense is improved, but to your point from before, this is really an offensive team first. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to lean into to that. And and guess what, Dex? If you indeed do have, and it looks like you might, Christian Darisaw, your left tackle now. So, like, this Rashad Hill thing is done. Yeah. Your offense improves then. Um, so, I don't think that, I, like, I don't think that Mike is a dumb coach, but I do think that he gets very stuck in, in his ways, and I think that Mike has problems evolving at times. Um, and this is going to take, like, the most important thing for the bye week is probably not the self-scout. It's the ability of the coaching staff, and Mike in particular, to bend to what this team is about and accept that. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't accept that, I don't think you're going to win. If you do accept it, I think you at least give yourself a chance with with what I think we saw uh, going into the Panthers game that the Vikings at the time, right, had the toughest remaining schedule in the entire league. Is that right? Yeah. So so I really think that acceptance is the key word of the bye week and it's the acceptance of Mike saying this team is an offensive team the defense has to be good but we're not carried by my my defense we're actually carried by Kirk Cousins and the offense if we want to potentially get in the playoffs and win a game or two. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Zimmer and uh, and that's why I'm just out. I am just out long term on Mike Zimmer after defending him pretty staunchly over his tenure. Uh he just doesn't seem like a guy that's adapting. Maybe he can change my mind. Maybe in these next eight, nine games, he can change my mind. They can lean into the offense, yeah, but, I so. but I don't think so, man. I no, don't think so. I think we have to accept it. Uh, a, a nice impromptu one here from Chris. He says, I wonder what Kirk would candidly say about moving on from Zim 
and Spielman. Judd, you've covered a lot of teams. You know a lot of what, what players speak um, at podiums and whatnot. But let, let's say when if you got them behind the scenes, you're at, you're at, you're at dinner with Kirk. Nice, a Capital Grill. Capital Grill. A couple guys having some surly like furious. Murray's or... Murray's? Okay. Manny's. Okay. But a couple surly furiouses. You got a couple, you know, yep. I, and I would love for Kirk to have a... I think he deserves a surly furious no, I'm sure he's too. had a couple And we'll get too. to that in just a little bit, too. But what do you think Kirk would candidly say about moving on from Zim and Spielman? Um, I think Kirk was as baffled by the game plan going into Detroit as we were. And so I think that he, so, Kirk's a weird dude, which we've discussed in depth before. So no need to go back there. Um, but, and I don't know what he would say about moving on from Rick because Rick just, you know, Rick sure. signed. He's him. an executive. He, exactly. Yeah. But as far as Mike goes, yeah, it's never really worked. It, it's always been Kirk needs Kirk's personality. Good or bad, okay? Kirk's personality needs somebody who embraces it, right? Somebody that leans into Kirk. Some, somebody that mm-hmm. motivates Kirk and gives Kirk the keys to the car and says, I don't really trust you totally, but go ahead and drive the car. And Mike is Mike. And so I think that from the first day on, Kirk probably said, I'm getting paid a lot here. <laughs> it's a really good deal. <laughs> but is this my ideal coach? Absolutely not. So I do I do believe that Kirk would privately welcome the uh, ability to be freed from Mike. Mm. And especially if they got a Kirk guy who could step in mm-hmm. and say, you know what, Kirk, it's your team, your offense. Let's game plan together. Right. Let's sit down and talk about it together. Uh, you know, it is it is amazing that it took, what, 18, 19, 20, 20. It took three-plus years for Mike and Kirk to start to meet. Mm-hmm. your quarterback. I know, dude. So, yeah, I think privately, I think Kirk would say, you know, I don't mind that. And by the way, speaking of. By the way. So, if yeah, by the way, if Kirk and I sat down, you just said it yourself, Surly Furiouses would be served because they are Minnesota's favorite IPA. Um, I, I hope that a lot of you out there enjoyed a furious or a, or if nothing else, a surly product on Sunday, Saturday, perhaps too. There is no better way to spend a football weekend. There is no better way to spend an evening in my opinion. than with a surly furious mm-hmm. crack open the beer at that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Get surly with surly furious. I headed down to the tap room on Saturday afternoon for a couple. I was, Oh, did you? Yeah. I love the tap room. I know. Open again. Open. Outside. In fact, in oh, fact you know what? The bonfire pits, too. What do you got? Hold on a second here. Get me on the screen. Oh, get God. me on the screen. Oh, God. Because if you go to the tap room, if you go to the tap oh, my room, God. you can get the... I'm trying to... Oh, my God. What's happening? Show this. It's the Surly Furious shirt. Oh, the brewing. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. brewing shirt. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. The, the tap room's great. Tap room. The bonfire pits outside. There's, yep. I mean, it's, it's fall weather now, baby. I mean, fall is here. Fall is absolutely here. But I love here. it. Yeah, it's great. I love this. They got the fire pits. They got plenty the of selection? space. The selection, mm-hmm. outstanding. So I yes. love it. Uh, a couple of Mike Zimmer questions, uh, comments here too, Jeb, before we la- uh, wrap. This from Romel Carr. He says, Zimmer is in self-preservation mode. He knows he is fired after this, so he is coaching to preserve his job and the defensive stats right now so he can get another job. He is not getting hired for offense, so now he has dug himself even deeper hmm. going down his own way. Judd, if, if, if Zimmer Ooh. is in self-preservation mode, but he's also, you know, maybe trending towards looking for a new job next season. Do, do you think he is able to still get a defensive coordinator job? Does he still want to oh, coach God, football? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, if, if he leaves here, 
he is is hired as a DC within two weeks. Oh yeah, he's got no problem there. Um, that's a really interesting observation because I sort of agree, but I think I think the if he has any thought, and he might not, but if he has any thought, Declan, about saving his job, that's where I where I say lean in to what makes your team good. Offense, right? But that's a really intriguing comment because if he is saying, I'm screwed here, it doesn't matter. Like we're we're gonna we'll maybe get in the playoffs, but I'm pretty convinced if they get in the playoffs and lose their first game, he's gone too. So yeah, that would that's a I haven't thought about it in that way exactly because the self-preservation thing to me is pretty clear, but I haven't thought of of it as far as you know, we have to fall back on defense because that's my forte. That that might be right, Declan. That's a really interesting point. Uh, Violet Valkyrie says Zimmer will absolutely submarine any chance at a run to the playoff because he's incapable of critical self-evaluation. You never yeah. hear him say anything was his fault. He never takes ownership. Judd, do you think Zimmer needs to take ownership? And is he incapable of self-evaluation? I think it pains him greatly. I think it pains him greatly. I here Here's the thing with Mike. I think he doesn't. So defensively, there are times where when Mike when Mike said after the Saints game, Dex on Christmas Day last year, when Zimmer said this is the worst defense I've had, he's incriminating himself, like he was saying. But where I agree with this is, I, I think it's very difficult for him to evaluate like that, and I almost feel like, and this is the problem, he doesn't see the offense as his jurisdiction. No. So, like, instead of saying, you know, offensively, like he literally said last week, I had those guys go to a self-scout. And he says we, but he had them do it. Not we all sat down and we all said, what are we doing here, right? And so I think that that point is a very good one in that it is very difficult for Mike to look in the mirror, point the finger at Mike and say, what are you doing which is why I think it's difficult for him to adapt and adjust to, to say, hold on a second here. My offense is good. My defense is fine. It's not terrible. But my offense is the key to my team. And the evaluation of that, I believe, is a very difficult thing for Mike to do. And last one here, again, from Violet Valkyrie. She says, will they squeak out enough wins to buy Zimmer another year? Judd, what is the wins or even, I guess, the end goal that would buy Mike Zimmer another year for 2022. I think the very I think the minimum requirement is to win a playoff game. Um if they win a playoff game like they did against the Saints, I don't know exactly how things unfold. If they get to the playoffs and go one and done, I think he's out and obviously that means if they miss the playoffs, he's done. Um it just, you know, Dex, it just feels like it's run its course. It just does. I have never, and and th- this is a small thing, but a big thing. It used to be um, phone calls to sports talk shows or, or talking to fans in bars. It's Twitter now. But when you see the amount of people calling for Mike's job with this team winning games, um, it just feels like it's run its course. And I don't, I don't know how much, longer especially with how this game is going that you can go down a path where three and a half 
years in, essentially, you find out that the quarterback and the coach are finally meeting on a weekly basis. So, yeah, I think you got to win at least a playoff game, but I'm also not going to be surprised if they divorce just based on its time. You? I think it's NFC Championship game or bust. I, I Let's say it's the same situation as 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you get a nice wild card upset win on the road, but then you just get your butt kicked in San Francisco, which you've talked about forever. Yeah, you got embarrassed. If you lose embarrassing like that again, yep. I think it's it. Like I, I really think unless you get to the NFC title game, and I think the Wilfs would say that that's enough for us because that's kind of the Wilfs. Yep. I, I would say it's NFC title game or bust for Zimmer to have another job, have have the head coaching job of the Vikings in 2022. Yeah, the Wilfs are weird because they're certainly not afraid to make moves. Yeah. But they also are incredibly loyal at times where where you're surprised by that. So predicting their moves to me is difficult. But I just, I just think this entire thing is going towards, and and it's it started in camp. This the it just feels off. Yeah, but, and it's not like the team sucks, but the whole right, but the whole thing just feels off. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel cohesive, and it feels like it's being forced. It's just so clear now that the head coach and quarterback are are for the most part coexisting, mm-hmm. like down to that picture that the Vikings put out in the tunnel that that you showed on Ventline yesterday with them embracing or saying, you know, oh, yeah, we did a great job. That all just feels phony. Um, And I do think that the bottom line going into 2022 is no no matter if it's Cousins or it might be Mond, I don't think so, but no matter who your quarterback is, I think the bottom line that has changed mightily in the last five to six years Mm -hmm. is that the most important person who has to be not coddled, but certainly embraced the quarterback. And this head coach is incapable. He can't do it. He's not about it. He outsources the entire thing. Um, So yeah, I just, it's not, it's not a situation where Mike deserves to be fired because Mike stinks. There are people that think that Um, my opinion is just from covering it. It just feels basically done, and it feels like it's just time to divorce. And aside from Belichick, that's sports, man. That's sports. Yeah, I I would love um, I would love for the Vikings to just lean all into offense and understand how this works. But yeah, I, I and have a good DC. Yeah, like, like you need a coordinator. You know, don't ignore it, but it can't be. You can't wake up thinking about it and then go to bed thinking about it and during the day trying to fix it. And, you know, you've got these offensive components that a head coach has to embrace. Okay. Right? Yeah, I agree. All right, that's it. Comments from YouTube. Don't forget, if nothing else, get your TCL TV to watch football, to watch hockey, to watch all sports, and drink your Surly Furious. We'll see you next week.